0: I was going to make a series debunking PragerU videos and one by one I unintentionally dismantled the entire narrative that I was indoctrinated with or in other words I accidentally red-pilled myself. My name is Xavier DeRusso and this is my story. So I was born in one of the roughest neighborhoods of Southside Chicago. I always describe it as like the fresh Prince Bel-Air, but backwards, where my eldest brother got in trouble. So my mom got scared and got our whole family together, and we moved to the middle of nowhere cornfields in central Illinois. At the time, it was roughly 90, 95% white. So it was a big culture shock for my family, but I'm grateful that I grew up there because there were great schools, there was low crime. But instead of being taught to appreciate that, I was always told to hyper-focus on the difference between... Myself as a black kid versus all the white kids around me. My mom, she didn't grow up around white people. So when she would tell me things like, oh, you need to be careful if things hit the fan, then they're just going to view you as that black guy, he did it. It wasn't out of hate, it was out of her genuinely trying to protect me. My dad, on the other hand, was a bit more radical in his beliefs on race. He was often very spiteful towards white people and often telling me things that I needed to be protected from white people. Certain people in my family would say that white people were always out to get me. That message had a big impact on my self image. I felt like it was very difficult for me to figure out who I was as a person. I felt like I was too black to be around the white kids and then I would spend my summers or weekends in Chicago and it was like I was too white for the black kids. I would be made fun of for the way I spoke, or my upbringing, they would say I was talking or acting white. So the older I got, the more I felt like I needed to root my entire identity in my skin color. I wanted to be around more culture, because at this point, I was truly in this belief that my skin color was always going to be everything. So I wanted to be around liberals and diversity and inclusion, so I moved to California. At that point in my life, I was very angry and I was very lost because I didn't know who I was. So between 2018 to 2020, I was just social media advocating for BLM, trying to raise awareness and teach other people why being more woke was essential for the community. By 2020, that's when things started to definitely take a turn. I was bored during the pandemic, and I applied to be on this really popular reality show where I was typecast as a virtual BLM activist, where I taught people how to be an ally and an advocate for BLM. That was right after everything happened with George Floyd. And marching for George Floyd was actually the first time I started to see behind the curtain of what BLM actually was. One of the first things that alarmed me about the BLM protests were, of course, the looting and the rioting. I was always against that. I didn't understand the premise of it. I didn't understand the reasoning for it. And it just seemed so hateful and violent, and like it was against everything that MLK stood for. And I would ask people questions of, Why are there people destroying Black communities in the name of Black civil rights justice? But no one wanted to have that conversation. So I started becoming more open-minded to looking at counter-arguments and looking at alternative content that opposed the BLM beliefs. And I accidentally stumbled upon a Candace Owens video that made me so unbelievably, ridiculously mad because she was right that's when things started to definitely take a turn so in spite of her i decided i was going to become a pro debater and that's when i found more of prager u's videos and i started listing out different videos different talking points topics from prager u videos and i planned in my mind that i was going to make a series debunking prager u videos and one by one i unintentionally dismantled the entire narrative that I was indoctrinated with. Or in other words, I accidentally red-pilled myself. People always ask me, what was your red pill moment? But for me, it was like an entire prescription pill bottle of red pills because just over and over, I was like, well, don't believe that anymore. Don't believe that anymore. I would say it started with learning just how fraudulent the statistics were about police brutality. I was under this impression that Black people were just being hunted down every single day by police officers. And I ended up learning that it was a very small, minute amount of unarmed Black people who were being shot and killed by police. And when I'm around police officers, I feel so safe. Police officers love me because I mind my business. I don't break the law. I don't have to worry about the police officers targeting me because that's not what they're here to do. Yes, here and there, there might be a bad police officer, and those are the people who do need to be held accountable. But the majority of people who become police officers are doing so because they're so passionate about protecting people, about empowering the community. So why would we remove these people and defund them when they're the ones that we call when we need help the most and why aren't we talking about the selectivity and black lives that matter because nobody ever wanted to have the discussion of black on black crimes and that was a problem that nobody had any proper answers for me about other than to say oh you can't talk about black on black crime it's just crime but if we're going to talk about black death let's talk about where most of it is coming from it's coming from murder and it's coming from abortion So it was around October of 2020, where I was still in the process, days before flying out for this reality show, to be a BLM activist, and I finally just backed out. I couldn't do it. I knew that it wasn't what I believed in, and I just couldn't go on there and portray this lie. So when I jumped into the conservative movement, I expected a lot of people to turn their backs on me, and quite a few people did. And when people ask me, did you lose friends? I don't consider those friends that I lost because a real true friend wouldn't care that you have slightly different ideologies. As long as your core values align, then why does who you vote for matter? I've had people as close as my own sibling turn their back on me because of my ideologies. We do not need to be attached to any party, to any ideology. We just need to be attached to the truth. Sometimes when I try to explain to people why I don't support BLM and I show them the facts and I show them statistics, they try to tell me that that is just me being brainwashed and that I'm looking away from the bigger picture. But no, like that is the entirety of the picture. Facts and stats do not care about your skin color. It's not racist to tell the truth. The focus on skin color to me is just so outdated, and it's just honestly tragic to me that people still think that it's so important. Every nation that you look at has injustices in their history. But when I look at America, I feel like we should feel privileged that we can look at our history and recognize, wow, like our country actually did something to right our wrongs and to right our injustices. And we are now the most progressive country in the world. But unfortunately, in many ways, we've overcorrected because now people feel the need to critically find racism in everything. The Black community is not systemically oppressed. We are systemically depressed, and we're not prioritizing the principles that need to be put into the Black family household. Black people really do lean into pop culture a lot. It's a huge aspect of our community. That's why I think it's important for us to talk about culture and not just policy, because culture is often what influences policy, and it influences the way that we vote. So we do need to pay closer attention to who it is that we have on our screens, what we have in our headphones, and who we're listening to. We need to listen to positivity, to things that motivate us, to things things that make us want to be better as a community. The left had this history of making the black community dependent on them and making the black community just mentally enslaved for so many years. I knew that I had to speak up about it. I'm much happier as a black conservative. Someone once told me that I look like I've been so relieved and like there's so much less stress in my life now that I'm a conservative and it's the truth. And if you are someone who speaks a certain way. You speak too intelligently for the people around you. Don't allow people telling you that talking white is a bad thing. There's no such thing as talking white. That's a reflection of their own insecurities and their own ignorance. If you know what it is that you stand firm on, that is the most beautiful thing in the world. You have to lean into your own core values. And if people criticize you, just know that your integrity And the message that you are trying to live out is so much more important than any pushback that you're ever going to get. And I would rather know that I'm standing on values and truth than knowing that I'm just going along with the narrative that people so badly want me to believe in. Don't let someone tell you that because you're black that this is what you can and cannot do. You have so much more potential in yourself than what the media wants you to believe. It's like this crutch of racism that you never actually needed. We don't need to be put into this little category of this is how black people need to think. Our ancestors fought so that we didn't have to stay in that box. So why would we do them an injustice by continuing to allow ourselves to be mentally oppressed? We are so much better than that as a community. Thank you guys so much for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.